Hi guys and welcome back. I am back very quickly because I feel like I'm on a roll and this is some good stuff. So let's get it out there. So here's a little unknown fact is that about 10 years ago, I decided I would grow my hair or try to grow my hair and donate it to cancer. So if you're just tuning in, um, please know that my mom is a breast cancer survivor and my father uh, and grandparents and a lot of aunts and uncles have passed from cancer. So when I was like wild in my 20s in university, I dyed my hair a few times. But after that, I said, forget it. I'll just grow my hair. I'll be boring. I'm going to grow it. And it's curly and crazy, by the way. So I'm going to grow it. And I'm going to donate it, like, to cancer on behalf of, like, my family, obviously. So um, it wasn't that easy because you need a certain amount to, uh, I think it's like seven or nine inches, to be able to donate it for them to make a decent wig. And that would have meant that I would have had a very, very short haircut. So I was willing to sacrifice my hair, but only at a certain length. So I was really trying to grow my hair um, and keep it natural and healthy so that I could eventually donate it. So when I found out that I was going to lose my hair to cancer instead of donate my hair to cancer, um... I, it really, like, this part of the journey, I feel like has, it kind of paved the way for the rest of the journey and how, how the rest of the, my journey was going to be. I learned lessons from losing my hair that I don't think I ever would have learned, I hope I don't cry, um, in life um, without going through losing my hair and if you're listening to this and you're a man I hope you know uh that like being beautiful is not just about being a woman and being beautiful like hopefully people don't always associate beauty um with being feminine because I'll tell you that my husband um is very masculine and is one of the most beautiful people I have ever met and I know a lot of very beautiful men. So I remember, let's, let's rewind. Like if I could do a rap thing, I would, but let's rewind. And I remember the appointment that said, relax, cause you don't know what kind of chemotherapy you're gonna get and you don't know if you're gonna lose your hair. So don't plan too far ahead for that. And again, in my gut, holy crap, did it ever say, oh, girlfriend, you are so losing your hair. This crazy hair that you thought was a curse, you're losing it. And I remember being at work and I have like the most beautiful office. I talk about work a lot um, because it is a huge part of who I am. And I am very proud of where I work and who I work with and the, the company that I represent. 
Uh, I say all the time, I've been there for eight years and they're basically going to have to remove my fingers from like the property to get rid of me, but that's fine. So I remember being at work and my boss um, walking in. And so at that point we had worked together for like six years and he just like knew there was something wrong with me. And I don't know if I had just heard that. So again, all these appointments were happening. Like all these appointments, it was like, I was having an appointment, two appointments, three appointments, scans everywhere. My, my employer never said a word. They didn't say anything. They never made me feel like I couldn't go or anything ridiculous or worry about sick time. They were really just amazing. So when you work with, with people that long, they become a part of your family. They become a different part of your family and a very important part of your family. And sometimes you can hide stuff and sometimes you can't. And I remember him coming in the office and saying, like, what? Like, what's wrong kind of thing? And I said, I'm going to try not to cry. I'm going to lose my hair. And he said, okay. And I said, I'd rather lose my breasts than lose my hair because that I can hide. How am I going to explain this to my kids? And his reaction was mixed. Like he was like, you know, kind of like, oh, sweetheart, it's going to be okay. And like, God love him. I don't know what he thought. I don't know what he thought. But in a moment, he thought, you can't mean that. Like, you can't mean you'd rather lose your breasts than lose your hair. But in that moment, I freaking definitely did. Because I had no idea what I was talking about. But as a human, like, not just as a woman. As a human, like, whether we like our hair or not, it's, like, there. And it does serve a purpose just like your nose hair does and your eyelashes like I've learned that throughout the journey so preparing to lose my hair and having to prepare to explain that to my children was was a pretty big pill to swallow and I knew that losing my hair meant that I needed, not needed, correct me. Every time I say need, correct me. It meant that I was going to choose to go very public with what I was going through to potentially avoid going through it every single time that I ran into somebody when I was bald. Because people do say crazy things and um, definitely when you're going through it, you take everything the wrong way and people don't mean anything by it. Um, most of the time, people don't mean anything by it. So if you take offense to something, go home, rant to your husband and know that that person was probably really didn't mean anything by it. So with the hair, when they told me I was gonna lose my hair, they told me it would happen basically a week, you know, to seven days kind of thing after, or I forget, I forget, but it was like, you know, seven to 14 days kind of thing. So I had made that appointment um, to go 
And instead of losing my hair, that was still not long enough. Okay, so side note, I had a haircut and a trim a couple months before. And my girlfriend said, Shannon, you have to get regular haircuts and trims to keep it healthy to be able to donate it. And I was like, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Cheap as heck I am. Frugal, not cheap, frugal on the haircut. Because I have three boys who need them like every couple of weeks. Or should need them. Or should get them anyways, I should say. So, where am I? I lost track because I'm getting emotional here. So, the hair. So, I decided I was going to not lose the shoulder length crazy curly hair that I had on the pillow every morning for a week and that I would take that opportunity because I had the amount that I needed if I were to cut it down to nothing. So I cut it down to nothing and I donated it to Locks of Love and they make children's wigs and it was probably, I feel like it was like if it could go on a resume I would put it on there. Like it should go on the resume. Um, it was an amazing thing that I did, um, but under very odd circumstances. So kind of not heroic at all because I only did it because, again, remember when I said I was trying to grow it to a certain length so that I didn't have to have that complete Sinead O'Connor look when I did donate the hair. So... The day the, the day that I donated my hair, I was not working. I'm not sure why I wasn't working, but I don't remember working that day. And my sister-in-law took me. And it was an afternoon appointment at Ultra Hair Aesthetics. And it was downtown Halifax, which I cannot and driving in downtown Halifax. So she was definitely picking me up. She was picking me up for a million reasons. <laughs> Not that I couldn't park down there. I wasn't planning to be fit to drive. So I was out of my mind. I just, I, I mean, obviously I had already explained to my children, but I just, I just wasn't ready. I didn't know how to handle it. I was so afraid of how I was going to react. And I just knew that I had people watching me and eyes watching me. And I had this opportunity to kind of set an example. A lot of my examples involve boobs. That's probably not great, but that's okay. So she, I remember my sister-in-law calling me and saying, like, do you want me to come, like, do you want me to get you something at the liquor store? Like, how do you want to do this? Like, what kind of frame of mind are you in? And I said, I'm in the frame of mind <clears throat> to take an Ativan, which is like, uh, I'm not sure like in other countries what it's called, but it's basically going to calm me the bejesus down right quick. So I felt like almost like just like, I just need to get this over with. Like, I can't, I don't know. Like, I, did, I did, really didn't know how I was going to make it through the next couple of hours. And and again, you're I'm a mom. So it's not like I could come home and go to bed for the next 24 hours. I had to come home. I didn't have to come home. 
I chose to come home and show my children that day that my hair did not define who I was. And I was very open about the fact that I wasn't even really sure who I was anymore. But I was pretty excited to find out. So my sister-in-law, like I said, offered to come over and bring me uh, a couple of drinks and take the edge off and then take me down. And I said no. And I got there. And the lady was a beautiful soul, beautiful person. And she was prepared and offered me wine and offered me something to drink. And I said, no, no, I'm fine. And she said, it's going to be about 10 minutes before I'm ready for you. I said, okay, no, no, that's, that's fine. Like I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush to lose my freaking hair here. Or I'm in a huge rush. Do you have a razor or like clippers? I'll take it off now. So I said, no, that's fine. And when she left, I looked at my sister-in-law and said, can we go across the street to the hotel that has a bar? So we went across the street and we did a couple of shots. We, meaning me, because she was driving. So I had some drinks and a shot. I made a few friends too. Like we had a, a, a few uh, free shots there, which when people said, what are you in town for? They were very surprised with my answer. And so we did go back and there was more of a wait. So we went back to the hotel and I had a couple more drinks. So the time I actually got into the chair, so about that being patient and that waiting thing, oops, there it is again. Um, but again, looking back, who knows who the hell was in there before me? Maybe it was a woman exactly like me and she just needed a minute. So let's all just learn to be a little bit more patient if we can, please. So when it was my turn, I had already had tequila, which I will never drink again in my entire life. Not because of that particular incident, but because of many others from my brother-in-law in BC. But she offered me red wine. And I certainly don't drink wine, as I mentioned, let alone red wine. But I said, certainly, I would love to have some. I think I still owe her a bottle. And she started to cut. And I remember um, halfway through, I said, like, I, I did need a minute. And my sister-in-law took pictures. And I did try to make it as much as you know, a positive experience that I could. But at that time, let me tell you, I wasn't even close to where I am now in this journey to make it a positive experience. My heart was broken. I, I didn't know how I was going to look at myself in the mirror. I didn't know what my children would think. I didn't know so much. So I went home that day. Uh, I went home that day actually to a needle. I, if I recall correctly, I was late for my needle and the VON was here and my husband was calling me saying, where are you? Um, and we were on our way back. So I had a very, very short, not quite Sinead O'Connor, but very short choppy haircut um, that I came home in. And for the next couple of days after that, it started to come out. And when I say come out, I say that we have way more hair on our head than we could ever imagine because it was 
hands down one of the worst experiences of my life. And I am so glad that it wasn't down to my shoulders when I was losing it and that it was only a couple inches uh, in the shower and then just the water on your head and the pain on your head and the hair literally running down your arms and your legs all over the shower. And so it took about a week for it to all go. And then I was left with those 30 hairs that I brag about. And it's kind of when the journey really began. It's when the journey to loving myself really began and getting to know myself really began and to kind of redefining who I was, which is crazy because I'm, I, you know, I was 37 at this point. And to say, you know, that you don't love yourself at, at 37, um, I'm sure I did, but not in the way that I do now. I love myself so much now <laughs> that most people, that's how I can turn a, a tear into a laugh. I love myself so much. And my mother's generation would mistake that for conceit. I don't mistake that for conceit at all. I, I take it for, for what it is, for someone who is confident and bold and brave and secure and confident in who they are and who they want to be. Um, and I don't love myself and think I'm beautiful because I'm a size two and I'm rocking a bikini on the beach. That's not even close to why I love myself. So when I talk about self-love, it's certainly not about that. Um, but that's the beautiful thing. That's the beautiful thing about, about the process of losing my hair. And the other things that I have lost in the journey is that it really strips you down to say, who are you? and what makes you you and what makes you special and what makes you tick and what are you passionate about and what makes you beautiful and all of those things. So although I, uh, that it is something that um, makes me, you know, brings tears to my eyes, I know that I would not be where I am right now in this journey of life um, without losing my hair. I would, I'm just going to say huge disclaimer here. I would really rather not lose my hair again anytime soon. Like I'm legit just getting it back. It's crazy curly. I love it. Just had my first haircut. Still rock the bun all the time. But I am so freaking grateful for every single hair that I have. I no longer worry about the patchiness or maybe the spots that show or my hairline receding. I don't worry about any of that. I just worry about the fact that I've got hair on my head and it's going to be really nice this winter. So the timer is saying 924, which means wrap it up, Pink Sister Proud. So I am kind of on a roll. I'm going to try to come back right away and do another episode kind of about this last journey of chemotherapy uh, or sorry, this last third round of chemotherapy before the next drug started. Um, but nothing else changed from this. 
Uh, I had the exact, uh, they had adjusted, so let me just say they had adjusted the medication slightly to make sure to try to prevent the extreme nausea. It still came, but it was controlled. But again, a very difficult, um, you know, 24 hours in our house for sure. The kids were not here. Um, and then came back on that Sunday again. And then when the VON came, the bone pain came with those shots again. But other than that, um, losing my hair was a big part of those couple of weeks. Um, and really kind of looking at, um, looking at myself in the mirror in a completely different way. So thank you for listening and I will be back as soon as I can. Pink Sister Proud. Have an amazing night. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to click that follow button and check us out on Facebook at Pink Sister Proud. Until next time, friends, have the best day.